0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: We've got hour number two of Fantasy Sports today. One of the top ten scores in fantasy football is actually a defense. We'll dive into that. Hot Take Tuesday as well. Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two, starts now.
1: is Sports Today.
0: And welcome back, fantasy sports today. hour number two of our show, Sean Guastamachia once again at the controls, producing Craig Mish, along with Joe Pisapia. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe seventeen. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. As throughout the fantasy day, we've got the NFL trade deadline. If anything happens or breaking, we'll give it to you live right here now or at two o'clock at Full Time Fantasy with Adam Ronis. And Dr. Roto. And we are halfway through the regular season in the NFL, the fantasy football season, by the way, about 60% over. So you look at your team right now and you're in good shape. You're headed toward good things. You're in bad shape. Maybe over for you. We'll get into some dynasty discussion tomorrow on the show. But for now, speaking of dynasties, a lot of people thought that that 1985 Chicago Bears team, Joe, was going to have a dynasty of sorts. They had, of course, the great defense. And then on offense, the Fridge and Peyton and Jim McMahon. It is a shame that that 85 Bears team wasn't able to win more. They only did it once with arguably the best defense of all time. And now we're seeing historical defenses played. We thought so much of the offense, but man, the defenses on the Patriots and 49ers have been standouts. And the Patriots defense in particular is in the top 10 of fantasy scoring for the season. They're going to be the highest fantasy scoring defense, or at least on pace. You know how fickle that is. That could change tomorrow and they could not score the rest of the year. Certainly possible, but they've scored every yeah. week. They're in the top 10. And from the 49ers perspective, they're also having a fantastic year. If you own either of them in fantasy, you've probably got to be somewhere at least decent in your standings this year.
1: No, definitely. I mean, Patriots defense, the way they've been able to score on defense has been absolutely a game changer for sure. I have been in a lot of leagues where I've had a lot of injuries, but all of them where I have the Patriots defense, it's all winning records. And I know why. And that's fine. And it's funny because going into it, I thought the Patriots defense would be higher Ranked just generally speaking, especially the way they finished so well last year. And the problem is, I think going in, they didn't have that Khalil Mack, they didn't have that JJ Watt, they don't have that star guy we really point to. I mean, McCordy's a fantastic player. But at the same time, it's like they don't necessarily pop nationally in terms of name recognition. So and, and as good as everybody thought Bosa was going to be, I mean, he has been, you know, just even 10 times better than that so far. He has been an absolute dominant force. So the 49ers defense in a lot of ways kind of came out of nowhere. Both of these defenses were basically kind of give me some fantasy. But at the same time, I started to think, well, everyone's bashing them because all I keep saying is, well, they haven't played anybody. yet, they haven't played anybody yet. And I was like, well, well, the 85 Bears in my mind, my childhood, I never saw a defense like that. I remember the Giants were very good. Uh, they, you know, Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks and those guys. And we've seen the Ravens we pointed out earlier in the show, but I want to see just how good the opponents were that the bears played all those times, because I don't know, I don't remember all of those. And here's what I found out. They played the Buccaneers twice and the Bucs were a two and 14 team. They played the lions twice. They were a seven and 19. They played the Vikings twice. They were a seven and 19. They played the green Bay Packers twice. They were a 500 team. They played the Falcons who were four and 12. The Colts who were five and 11. So basically they only played six teams all year with a winning record. Those six teams were the 49ers 10 and 6, the Redskins 10 and 6, the Cowboys 10 and 6, the Jets 11 and 5, the Patriots 11 and 5, who they beat and then beat again in the Super Bowl, and then the Dolphins which they obviously that was the one loss, that was the Monday night game if memory serves. Of course, uh, a fantastic memory...
0: game, one of the, one of the greatest yes. games in South Florida sports history. Absolutely. So yeah.
1: so all of that considered, Yeah, well, if we look in the second half here and the Patriots and 49ers, let's say the 49ers beat the Saints. Let's say the the Patriots go on, beat the Ravens and then uh, beat the the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and a couple other teams. They're going to have some feathers in their cap quite similar. And I think sometimes we look back on things and we're a little bit more nostalgic than realistic about them because the Patriots right now, point differential, 250 to 61. That's a plus 189 point differential, Craig. That is absurd. And I'm of the mind, I don't know if you are, but I'm of the mind that this modern era of the NFL, it's the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, the pace of game, the size of the guy, everything about it, this is it. So if they're dominating in what's the best era of the NFL, then I think they should be truly considered dominant teams if they have a good finish to the season. So do you agree with kind of the sentiment I'm getting behind here, which is the Bears were great, but the Bears, just like a lot of great teams, also played some lesser opponents? It, it's hard to, to
0: figure how this will end. My guess is, is that from a historical perspective that New England will either break or come close to breaking all of the records, but the public perception because of the characters that were on the Bears. Right,
1: lovable, and, fun, Jimmy McMahon,
0: right. Yeah, and because of the Ravens with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and said, so, like, I, I think that that is the point that you made that probably will speak to it all. This Ravens, I'm sorry, this Patriots defense will end up being like more of the 72 Dolphins defense, which was the no-name defense, where none right, of the guys got great. in the Fame. Yeah, which was great. But from a popularity standpoint, I don't think that they will come close to the others. But I do think from a statistical standpoint, it will be impossible to ignore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all the points you made are very fair with it. From a fantasy perspective, they're going to go down as the number one defense of all time. Uh, to me, scoring defensive touchdowns, is as much lucky as good. I got to just say, it is. Very, you have to be in the right situation at the right time. I don't think that there's a skill of scoring defensive touchdowns. I don't think that they practice scoring defensive touchdowns. And I would also say that we absolutely have to let the rest of the season play out to come to the oh, final sure. conclusions. Well, you don't yeah, practice I, I would say defensive dis-
1: touchdowns, but you do practice. There, Nobody does the... Uh, being at the right place at the right time better than they don't I mean they're always in the right place at the right time to make a play and they've always been a big turnover defense even back in the brewski variable days like they were they were used to feast on turnovers no so is in terms of even a fancy defense they always you know maybe they didn't have as many sacks maybe they didn't have as you know low a total but my goodness did they always create turnovers and I always feel like that's because they're coached so well they're put in the right position to have those opportunities and then they take advantage of them most of the time
0: And the other point is, is that uh, in those seasons, while uh, Tampa Bay, as you mentioned, the the divisions were different and Tampa Bay was horrible and only won a couple of games, the Tampa Bay was they were tanking, but not tanking on purpose. Right. And and, and the Jets, by the way, are not tanking on purpose. (laughs) But 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 they are. And again, I'm not a big like, oh, because they played this team or that team. But the reality of it is, is that they have had as what turns out to be a very soft schedule in the first half of the season getting Kansas City getting uh, Baltimore I'm not sure honestly I haven't looked at it who they have the rest of the way on their schedule but I'm guessing that at the end of the season this will kind of be determined based on the last eight games not the first eight games and that's fair San Francisco to me is in that same category they just haven't scored as many defensive touchdowns but they are shutting down and turning the ball over and stopping every single team. There's a chance at the end of the year these two teams are in the Super Bowl because of yeah. these
1: defenses. Well, they have a lot of good teams left. They got the Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, and then they close out Bengals, Bills, Dolphins. If they are undefeated come week 15 for that run against Bengals and then Bills at home, Dolphins at home, they ain't losing a football game. Probably. So, if, yeah. I mean, these basically the next this undefeated potential season one, two, three, four, five. If they went out these next five games. I think that's over. Could be. You know, San Francisco's well got some tougher ones, but they've got an easy one, too, when you look all around. you know. They, well, every,
0: everyone does because this is a year in the NFL where you're either great or you suck. There's you're no right. Par- there's no parity anymore. They, they, oh, the not NFL has years. so much parity. Really? <laughs> it used to. <laughs> not for what, oh, it's last absolutely last for, years 20 so. years,
1: for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, and that's not, what made it fun and difficult from a wagering perspective. But
0: that's, that's the problem
1: this year is that this year has been awful because of of everything that you alluded to and all these 49ers sports, yeah. only have a couple teams the Seahawks they play twice Saints and Rams that's it and the Packers so they've got some, they've oh, got that, some games decent games yeah, they've got some game. tougher road than the Patriots do for sure
2: alright coming up Hot Take Tuesday don't go away
1: fantasy sports today
2: and i like football and i'm gonna keep doing them both
1: because they make me feel good
0: and welcome back this is fantasy sports today here on this second hour of the show craig mish and joe Pizapia here with you just kind of recapping what's going on in the Monday night football game. And of course, uh, coming up at two o'clock Eastern full-time fantasy, have the latest as we take you up into the NFL trade deadline, world series game six tonight as well. Uh, hot take Tuesday, always fun to kind of go over some of the things that maybe we saw last week who may break out, may continue doing what they're doing. Maybe it's unrealistic, realistic. We just kind of go through these and keep in mind with the underline. It's a hot take. Doesn't always necessarily mean it will happen. So Joe, let's uh, let's get started with some of these and, and uh, we'll just kind of
1: alternate. We'll go one by one. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. So let's start with um one that may or may not be a hot take, depending on uh, how much you want to overreact or maybe just honestly react to what we've seen the last couple of weeks here from these quarterbacks. But the Bears and Jets will be in the market for quarterbacks in 2020. Hot take or not? I
0: think 50 percent hot take 50 not. I think Sam Darnold mm. is, is, is a good quarterback. I do. I like Sam Darnold. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I I just, I, I hate what has happened with the Jets there. It's just very disappointing for me. And Gase is going to turn out to be one of the most overrated coaches going into any season of all time, going into this year. I liked Arnold, and I think that he has some potential, Joe. But I think you're right about, um, if, if you're saying that you, if you believe this, Joe, I don't know if you do or not, but I do believe that the Bears whiffed on Trubisky, completely whiffed. I don't think he's good. I think they, like other teams, passed on uh, Mahomes. And I think that the Bears have to act quickly here. I, I don't think that they could go into next year with the expectation that this guy could be a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a bottom oh. 10 guy.
1: All right. So just for devil's advocate, before we move on to the next one, do sure. you think that even Trubisky maybe just bringing in a more uh, a veteran or somebody else like that too, maybe not a quarterback to replace him, quote unquote, but a quarterback that could replace him to a higher level than, say, Chase Daniel? That sounds right. That okay, sounds- so I, I did I did leave it open to interpretation with the whole market for a quarterback, not a replacement quarterback, because I think that's absurd that they're just going to replace Sam Darnold. But I think at a certain point, you got to get a little worried here. If like if Gase kind of ruins him <laughs> on the stretch here, they have a yeah, like a, like coming
0: like up. A, a Tannehill is a good example of someone who was a free yes, agent. And perfect. his agent came out and said that they wanted to find a spot for him where they thought that there was a chance that if things broke the way that he wanted to, he could compete. Uh, so that name would be like Winston would be the name. He'll he'll be popular in a lot of spots because of that possibility. I don't know that that Chicago is the spot for him. And then the name that I brought up, and somebody actually who was listening to the show uh, pointed this out on social media this day. Somebody said on Twitter, why is why is Craig the only one in this whole industry that keeps mentioning Nick Mullins and no one else does? I don't know the answer for that. Uh, but I do think Nick Mullins could be a. Star. I think Mullins is better than Kyle Allen. I don't know why no one even kicks the tires. on. I don't guy. disagree.
1: Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a sought after Bridgewater is too.
0: another name. Absolutely. But yeah, Teddy know, B should I, Teddy B next year should take his talents like LeBron somewhere else. Like, he well, really here's the thing. I,
1: I think he's waiting to hold on and see what happens with Breeze. Like everybody, I think if Breeze wins the, the Super Bowl, there's a good chance that he might just hang it up and be done, especially after the injury this year especially okay. at the MVP that okay. he wins. Uh, has that been, has, has that been, has, does he make any comments like that? I don't see any comments from no, him No, but anything. I think we all do the same thing, which is we all kind of feel like there's a, there's a good chance when guys like that get to that level one more time that they, they recognize where we're at and they know when they get into their forties, they're limited anyway. So why not leave on a high note? I think the leaving on the high note, I mean, John Elway was the last guy to leave on the high note, right? Absolutely. Super I can't Bowl think of another right? one in between. Can you? Uh, Ray Lewis. Um, Peyton Manning, oh. Peyton Manning, leave on the high note. No, no, tra- no he didn't No, because he got uh, that was uh, right. Stra- didn't Strahan. Um, Yeah, he might have been gone after that. Yeah, he was like he was definitely on that team. I remember that. B- I don't know if he played the next year or not. I don't recall. I don't think he did. I'd have to go back and check that. All right, let's do the next one here. You want to uh, you want yeah, to fire I'll this? One? I'll fire this one. All right, here, sure. here we go. The
0: Browns go. Go. will have a monster second half because they play the Bengals, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Cardinals. They already beat the Ravens once. They get them again, Denver and Buffalo.
1: Is that a hot take or not? I don't think this is a hot take at all. I think they're going to have a big second half. They got a lot of talent on this team. They've had a tough schedule. They played the 49ers. They played the Patriots. They played against themselves (laughs) a lot of times. So the best thing you can have is teams like Cincinnati. And again, these are not one, but two games against Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, the Dolphins, the Cardinals. These are all defenses you can you can beat up on here. They do have some difficult matches with Denver, Baltimore, and Buffalo. But I think you look at those three and you go, hey, if you go two and one with one of those, you could have a really strong second half. And I think this is a fascinating time to be buying Odell Beckham to be buying. That's the name, though, Joe, that I cannot figure out, man. Somebody offered me Beckham in a trade last
0: night. And I'm like, I don't know, like. I, I, I think you look not, at the schedule and you look not, at the corners who he's got coming he's up done nothing man like nothing like well like not, I mean okay. isn't he supposed
1: to have like even though with Hopkins doing nothing Hopkins still has had a couple of great games like well Hopkins why has he done nothing all year because Baker Mayfield continues to turn the ball over and not give him opportunities to yeah, do but why but that, why is that going to change all of a sudden I don't well I think when you have the pass rush of the 49ers or you have the the blitz packages that the teams like the the, um, the Patriots give you it becomes a very difficult day at the office and I don't see the Cincinnati Bengals doing that I don't see the Miami doing that I don't see Arizona doing that God you know honestly I don't see Baltimore doing that that's the thing there if you reduce that pass rush on that weaker offensive line you bring in another piece like Kareem Hunt all of a sudden to this offense you I think stood, still with this Kareem Hunt. I I am dude I don't know man I, yeah I watch that guy play football <laughs> <laughs> uh, you yeah, know
0: no, no I watched Nick Chubb looks like one of the best running backs Nick Chubb is fantastic but what I'm it saying is you add in another piece like that
1: you keep adding these talent, eventually defenses have to account and have to attack you differently. And look, I'm not saying everything's been good. I'm not saying it's not a hot take that they can do that. All right, Aaron Rodgers. Wait, wait,
0: wait. Before we go uh, on to that, let, let me yeah, go from hot take to realistic take. Nope, just just yeah, sure. a, from a curiosity point of view. And don't, don't do a hot take on this one. Just be realistic. I, I'm I, always real. I'm 100% if I, if real. If I set Odell Beckham's touchdowns for the rest of the season over under four and a half, what would you say? Four and a half the rest of the season. And there's eight games left. I'll go. Mm,
1: I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. Okay, and is I'm it being is on it not it by easy much. over? Like, no,
2: how many does he have this Bengals. year? Does he have
1: any? <laughs> <laughs> two games against the Bengals, a game against the doll. Like I said, you, you can have one of those Odell games where he can have two in a game. We know that he could, and sure, he could. I would be buying Odell back. Maybe that, we'll, okay. we'll we'll do that more tomorrow. He's in that buy low right now. I okay. think a lot of Browns are right. going to be. Maybe in I should trade tomorrow. for
0: him then. But uh, it's a good opportunity. Okay, uh, Aaron Rodgers. We spent enough time on him with the MVP. All right, so is
1: Frank Reich head coach of the year, Craig? Right now right or is it Shanahan just because of the record or Belichick oh, just because I of the record about him. Nah, Belichick no um Belichick no what does that guy do he's a
0: terrible guy nah, but it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 giving they're not giving him the
1: coach. he's the one coach in the defense
0: move on all right move so it's, it's the Rams or the Colts uh it has to be like an un, an expectation thing um boy the Rams yeah it's gonna have to be Shanahan yeah it's going to have to be and, and Reich really has done a fantastic job. But, yeah, it'll, it'll I mean, be, you know, what I you
1: know, this was a loaded question because, you know, and I know in terms of coaching, Frank Reich has done a great job coaching because he's working at a, at a he's working on every level of a deficit here with losing the franchise quarterback to having to deal with that, oh, and yeah. manage that amongst these personalities. That's fantastic a job.
0: On. Fantastic job. I would also say that the second half will determine this and he won't win coach of the year. And I don't think he will. And I think they're going the other way. I've told you this a million times. But uh, Patricia has to be, if if they continue on this road. If they make the playoffs, he's in the conversation. Yeah, top three, tie. I mean, that'll be a smack in my face at the end of the year if it happens. I don't think it will. But I have to acknowledge that if the Lions continue on this road and they keep winning, that he has to be in that conversation for because there were very little expectations going into the year. Uh, All right, Todd Gurley, um, maybe one of our last few conversations. Well, we keep bringing him up, I guess. But uh, your hot take here that you want to touch on, uh, Todd Gurley's
1: contract will ruin the Rams window. That's an interesting one. Is that a hot take? I don't. I don't think it's a hot take. I, I think this is true. I think when they look back at this contract, because I looked at the cap hits they would take if they cut him and they're just impossible. Oh,
0: he's coming back next year. <laughs> it's so 17 he'll be
1: million back against the oh, cap. No, he'll be so, back. That ain't yeah. happening.
0: Right. So, but the question is, would a guy like this retire? Would he retire? Because um, that, that would you're save right.
1: their bleep. You know, if he it did would that. save their bacon. I'll, I'll tell you what. If he doesn't, the other thing you've got coming up is where's your you know extensions for uh, Cooper cup, where's your extensions for the linemen you like? Where's he, you know, it, it, you know, what's Aaron Donald money going to be like in a year that all of those things start to really compress very quickly. And then you take away the draft picks that you just traded for Jalen Ramsey. And I don't know, man, I feel this contract might, if they make, don't make the playoffs or a really good run here for some reason, Nah, you're going to look back and say it's the girly contracts going oh, really yeah, to in the
0: spot. their window is now. Uh, the only thing that can save them from this is him retiring for sure. That's and and I don't think so. I think he'll play next year and and uh, but they're just going to have to either develop this kid Henderson or have a very strong alternative because uh, I do believe that it is over for him. Unfortunately, very, very sad. One of the one of the worst football demises that I could that I've seen in yeah, NFL it a is. long time. The good guy goes from that for the to league. To, the best player and the number one overall player in fantasy for two or three years and within six weeks of an NFL season just comes to an end. Like, I mean, just shocking,
1: yeah shocking. It's like J.J. Watt and J.J. Watt, too, the same year. It's just brutal. It's bad for the league. Yeah, but Watt, I could see coming back and being fine. It's like this guy, I just don't see any future. No, you're right. It's worse. You're right. Yeah, I
0: just. And again, from our perspective, the way we follow fantasy, it's just crazy. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to go through some milestone potentials for the rest of the season. Don't go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit of up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet. DraftKings will match it, 50% bonus of up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users. Plus, new users can get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details if you have a gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to the show. And Joe and Craig with you here. We got you all the way up until 2 o'clock Eastern. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Craig Mish at Joe Pizza, 17 and, of course, at FNTSY Radio and, most importantly, at SportsGrid because Sports Grid is the one-stop shop for all fantasy and gambling, including our great shows on the weekend. Over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can find Joe there on Sundays along with Mike Blewett. Our producer, Sean Guastamac, is there for some in-game betting and, of course, Sean's show at the betting window today, 4 o'clock Eastern. Make sure you catch that as well. All right, uh, Joe, so uh, some big milestones coming up for a lot of different players this season. And uh, some of them monetarily and
1: some just that will look back at the end of the season and look from a fantasy point of view. Yes. And uh, I almost wanted to do this like schoolhouse rock kind of thing. Like, you know, like a conjunction junction. This is extrapolation nation because we're here. We're halfway through the season and there's milestones to be had potentially and some guys that are on pace and every fantasy nerd out there loves to talk about. What a guy's on pace for. He's on pace for this. Oh, my God. After game one, Sammy Watkins, he's on pace for 57 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. It's going to be unbelievable. Not and so it's much. unrealistic, too. Yeah, it is. Well, but now we're eight weeks into the season and some of these are now more realistic, still achievable. But will they achieve them? Craig Mish is going to tell us. So let's Me? start with. Wow. OK, yeah, that's pressure. right. Oh, it's pressure. all. On you. It's no pressure. pressure. Yeah. Yeah. For you, you don't know what pressure is. You know, you not. <laughs> come on. No pressure for you. All right. Halfway through the season. Here we go. All right. 4,000 yards passing. We'll start with the quarterbacks. This is a big marker. 4,000 yards is a really that's where you want your fancy quarterbacks to be in that 4,000 yard mark. Uh, Kyler Murray right now has 1,988, so it's been pretty good. I think better than I anticipated. That's for sure. So I will ask you, does he maintain this pace? Will Kyler Murray hit 4,000 yards considering the schedule he's got left and what you've seen out of him the last couple of weeks? Will he hit that benchmark?
0: Yes, no doubt. Kyler Murray has been a nice surprise in fantasy. I think that he's done pretty much what I thought. And I would expect him to continue the conversation that we had yesterday. What did I say about Arizona? I don't know if they're going to win. I don't know if they're going to lose, but they needed to send a message to their fan base. That message was sent by acquiring Kenyon Drake, even though a very small message, it shows that Arizona is in to win. They are not trying to tank. They are trying to win with their new coach. And I think that they will play this thing right to week 17. In fact, I think Arizona will be a nice surprise in the second half of the season and I think Murray does reach 4000 yards this year. I'm very impressed with the first year of Kingsbury in Arizona.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's a very small message, it's like a beeper message. That's how tiny that it's message It's true. It is it,
0: it is almost a nothing, but it shows you that they care. And and I think they had to do that after last year's disaster. <laughs> you're, I mean, right. That
1: no, la- you're right. You're and,
0: right. And and teams in the NFL, by the way, when they tank, this is not a baseball four-year tank. You are not allowed to lose more than one year in the NFL. Like next year, you are going to see Cincinnati, Miami, never Washington, of course, cuz they're for, they're forever horrible. But t- teams like Cincinnati and Washington will be trying in 2020. And, right. and by the way, there's going to be a team that we don't know. We probably should do this one day. There's a team out there right now, Joe, that's going to go the way of the Dolphins next year. They're going to tank, tank for oh, Trevor save Lawrence. It,
1: save it. We don't have guillotine to talk about. Save it. That's I'm tomorrow. So sad about that. yeah. it yeah, you're okay. sad. How about me? I, I got to do more work now. All right. Gardner Minshew is at 1976. Now, here's a tough one because you got to believe, number one, Gardner Minshew plays good enough to keep this job, and then that Foles doesn't get it back regardless. So, yeah, there's some whispers on that now. Yeah. 1976, can he get to 4,000 yards? Do you think our boy, Mr. Mustache, gets there?
0: I don't think so, but I don't think that it's because Foles comes back. I think it's just because it's a heavy lean on Fournette. The weather gets cold now across the country. Teams are going to start to run more. This, these are historical facts. Less passing, yeah. more running. we Foles quite will be a bear. bear. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not a good, not a, a bad not plan. a bad option. I don't I don't would have to look in the contract details of that. I don't think false plays. I think Minshew continues to play, but he's also had
1: a couple of monster three hundred and fifty yards some odd games this he year. He really has, like, and Shark yeah. is for real, man. I don't know how much you've seen him play. Yeah, I, listen, I highlights the, like it. down by down, but like he's been terrific. He can really play. And this is no disrespect to you or anyone else. It would be impossible for
0: anyone to watch more uh, NFL than I do on Sunday, the way that I watch. Oh, it's no, I,
1: I wish I could watch more. all I, I do kids on Sunday. Yeah. And
0: then, you know, all, all so I little. do is that during the season. Yeah. And, and I get the, I will say from my wife's point of view uh, with the show, uh, first of all, I watched anyway because of wagering and, and fantasy. But once I was given the show to do, uh, I'm, you know, we had a conversation and it was like, Hey, like for this show also, like I'm going to have to watch every single game. And I watch, There are games on Sunday that I'll watch less of than others, but in general, I can tell you almost every outcome, more than red zone of every game, and I've watched Minshew as much or more than anybody in the NFL in terms of what he's done. Unfortunately for us, he is going to have a a worse second eight game statistically than he did in the first eight, and it's not his fault. It's just that he was on fire. (laughs) I mean, there were some games that he's not going to be able to repeat I think that he'll get to about 36, 3700 rushing uh, passing yards. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that you're starting to see Jacksonville lean more on Fournette. Now, Joe, if Fournette goes down, oh, he's going to go way over 4000 yards. But for now, I'm going to go under this.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Fournette's been there and he's at 1976. He's and been that, healthy missing the first half he's of been, the first game. He's been healthy. Fournette has never been healthy for six games. True. So, True. so and if he goes out.
0: But by the way, that I guy, got guy be, too. by the way, Jacksonville's he's, Armstrong guy. Is that his name? Uh Yeah.
1: Rykel Armstrong. That'd be somebody I would grab. Armstead. Armstead. Rykel Armstead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Armstead. Okay. Um, uh, Next one. Carson Wentz. This is a tricky one, too. Carson Wentz is getting his little home run hitter back potentially this uh, coming week with Deshaun Jackson, who can add a lot of yards in one catch. Eighteen twenty one. I knew you were going. to You are so predictable. I knew as soon as I said that, and I said it intentionally, just so you would go. Ah. "Ah, Ah. Yeah, I don't want that. Eh, I want that. Let me let me help you. Let me cut Eh. to
0: the chase. I was way over on all of Carson Wentz's numbers, and I haven't twenty
1: one. He's still close to the pace. Yeah,
0: he's going over that, and and all the numbers. I'm. I was very bullish on on Eh. Wentz going into the season, not because of Wentz being so great, but because their defense wasn't good. I still think that continues. And I think Wentz at the end of the year has more yards than Minshew or Murray in this conversation. And so I'll still Whoa, stay. Oh, yep, yeah. Staying bullish. staying bullish
1: on Wentz. All right. 1821. So there you go. So 4000 for him. All right. Let's go to the 30 touchdown mark. I threw these in there because these are kind of fun. Uh, Mahomes okay. is at 15. So can he do enough there with missing time? Even if he misses another game, maybe two to get to 30 touchdowns. That's he our playing pa- this week. I thought he's playing this week. Uh, they they, hopefully- do they have the buy or no. Uh, wait. This week, no. I don't do they have? That. They had the buy. I don't even remember. No, they don't have the buy for a couple weeks still. Oh, so he still has a bye. That was all. Point you looked at it originally, and people thought, oh, maybe they'll give him the extra week to heal up, and then he'll come back for that game against the Patriots after the buy. Yeah,
0: this this is one of those bake in the injury factor. I'll go. Yeah, on
1: I want to bake it in. I want to cook it in the easy bake oven. I want to yeah, know. I'm you going under
0: think... here. I'm going under.
1: No way! Oh, I'm going. He's gonna hit the thirty. He's gonna hit the thirty.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna That's go leave. under here.
1: Come on, he could do it. A couple. He's he had a couple a games listen, where he didn't he's throw. He's got
0: 15 touchdowns. He's Got but an he had injury. two games where
1: he threw one.
0: Hold on, he's got an injury. Uh huh. He's got a bye week. Uh uh-huh. huh. He's, he's got the Patriots. I'm going under.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, go to Jacoby Brissett's at 14. Can under. he get to thirty? No, no. Oh, under. poor Jacoby Brissett. More
0: rushing, more rushing than passing. Again, most teams in the NFL. He is on pace for thirty,
1: though. If you want to extrapolate the
0: pace doesn't matter in November and December. Once these teams go outside, this is historical fact. Teams run more in the NFL. Look, I know some. Look, they're in the dome. I know that Indy's in the dome for half their games, but the outside games are all running games in November, December. The scoring goes down in the NFL. I'm going under. Brady, I like, I like this. I,
1: this whole segment, I feel like you should be doing with a cigar in your hand. Like, let me tell you something, kid. All right, like, I feel like this whole day. I know I'm wrong a lot of on games, all of right them, I'm gonna be wrong on I all of them. Don't pay any attention to what I'm saying. Let me tell you something, kid. I know a thing or two about football. My wife, she lets me watch football all day. And I'll tell you something. It is,
0: great. <laughs> it's great, but it's you so think? bad when I can lose the games. Oh my gosh! I
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was yeah, I was gonna ask that. Like, if you have a bad day betting and stuff like that, and you've lost all the whole day with the family, is she mad at you?
0: Uh, no, but I, I'll stay in the office a little while <laughs> <stay> longer downstairs. <laughs> just because I'm so upset that I'm like, I got to just like, oh, you're I, like honey, I'll, I'll minute... go out and get Chinese. You don't understand how dying. mad I Well, Two weeks uh, last week was undefeated, so it was fine. This week was one win, one loss, one tie. But I'll tell you that tie this week with Seattle being up 24 nothing and mm-hmm. having Atlanta come all the way back. Oh, to yeah. push, push that. Brutal. was a miserable tie and I and and then I sit and go I really dedicated three hours of my time for a tie like wow like that yeah. was that was miserable so
1: anyway all right all right uh, let's go to one more Tom Brady has only 13 touchdowns so far so he could get to 30 he's on that borderline he would have to have a good Tom so. Brady-esque second half yeah, is he gonna I don't get to 30
0: so. I could see him having more touchdowns than both these other guys that we put here but no I'm gonna
1: go under all right, so fair enough. So uh, I know we're kind of running low on time here. You want to do a couple of the running backs? Maybe save sure, the rest let's just
0: tomorrow. Yeah, right. that sounds good.
1: So here's a high water mark for some uh, rushing totals here. These guys are on pace theoretically for sixteen hundred rushing yards. Dalvin right. Cook is at eight twenty. Way over. Way. Oh my God! So way over. And rushing look, rushing leader oh, yeah, in the NFL,
0: Dalvin Cook, two thousand nineteen.
1: Boom! There you go, Leonard Fournette. Seven ninety one. Now, both, Cook and Fournette have both had a clear history of injury. So I think it's funny. You're so confident in both of these. But no, I'm not on Fournette. I'm going to go under.
0: You're going to go under on the four. Yeah, I'm going to go under. Yeah, yeah. I think four, I, Fournette has a history of injury. I think you said it. I think Fournette will miss a game. Do you now, think when, now when Marone has done, it's been very smart is Marone has used the receivers to run more. And for Nets carries, they're probably going to go up, but they've, they haven't been 28, 29. They've been 20, 22, 23. Uh, he's been very smart
1: with the load there, but I'm still going to go under. All right. So um, do you think that Madsen's been a guy, too, that since they brought him in, there's a little bit of a, I don't know, a little bit of relief for Cook, too? But like they have that guy that a that. No, in and no, 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 because Just they did the they same thing with now? Murray. No. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, Mad- Nick-
0: Madison's been better than Murray was in
1: Minnesota, but meanwhile, Murray's been better in Murray's New Orleans than he was in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you, it's. It's. I can't believe we could sit back here after all this and the top four picks that everybody had different concerns about. Nobody seemed to have any concerns about Kamara, and he's been the biggest bust so far. He's been the Saquon injury, well, but he hasn't been a bust. But yes, he's missed a couple of weeks for sure. Uh, at least Saquon, when he's on the field, is giving you Saquon games. Um, Kamara has not, so that's frustrating. Well, uh, I mean, it was Bridgewater was there. So. Yeah, uh, Nick Chubb, 738. That's where he's 1600? at. Can he get to 1600? No, no, it's too much, but a great year. Yeah, well, he's also had a bye, so he's had one less game. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. In?
0: Oh, well, maybe so. Maybe so. I, this is a borderline one for me. I'll, I'll right. give it a book. I
1: figured I'd put it in the borderline because he's had the bye, so technically he's like... One, gonna, one go, more one real game.
0: quick before we're done.
1: Uh, all right, one more. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 2,000 all-purpose yards right now. He has 734 rushing yards, 343 receiving yards. Will he get 2K? total this year. He's already over a thousand. Yes,
0: yes, he will. And 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 this is the kind of thing that I like these milestone ones because that's the kind of one where the coach going into a final game will push to get that. So unfortunately it won't mean any, anything for us in fantasy, but as he gets to a week 17 situation and he's close, they're going to want to give him that Marshall Falk with Daniel Tomlinson 2000. So I could see that happen again. Yeah. I, I could see them pushing for that. Unfortunately, it won't mean anything for us. But for reality, it will. For fantasy, it won't. All right. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. Our final segment is next and some exit velocity. Don't
2: go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia,
0: and welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today on this Lazy Tuesday afternoon. Joe Pizzapia and Craig Mish to give you an idea of what my week is usually like. Mondays we go through all of the games in the NFL. So uh, Sunday night, Monday um, researching. After watching, uh, usually as soon as it's over, I'm starting to make notes for the show because of things I want to bring up, plays specifically, touchdowns that were called back. I get to Tuesday, and after we're done with the show, Joe and I, now I had a Little League game yesterday, so that threw things off. But usually as as we get to Tuesday, uh, other than speaking to my family and speaking to Joe on the show, I am done. I take Tuesday to just do nothing. Uh, I'll watch the World Series tonight. Wednesday. For me, what I do is Wednesday, uh by the way, Tuesday I have the live stream that I do. I, I take it back. I have a lot. I would never get a break here during football. Uh Wednesday, my schedule.
1: What what are you laughing at? What's so funny? People want to know I don't I do they? I don't know. This is very funny. It's like this, people want to know my, my schedule and we gotta my, kill
0: 14 this, minutes. Come on. Here's my schedule. This is what I do. This all is right? people want to know about my schedule. Okay. Okay, so Wednesday, here's what I do Wednesday. I start to pick the college football games for the weekend. I start to take a deep, deep dive because you cannot wait for college football and start and start picking on Friday. That's the day before the game makes no sense. So Wednesday, I start to do that. I have my good feels on college football games by the time we get to the end of the day Wednesday. And then then from Thursday on, it's right back at it, man. It is. I'm right back all in on football again, starting on Thursday. So Tuesday is more or less my day off and a day to review and reflect. Wednesday's college, and then pro is Thursday through Sunday. So there you go,
1: go reflect. I like that
0: No, it's a lovely schedule. I need think.
1: Tuesdays off, man. I need Tuesdays off this is This well, is as
0: off as it gets for me,
1: right here. Well, I, I like to think that working with me feels like you're just having fun and just doing stuff, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a lot it of it is
0: it is, but but you know what? coaching little league and last night the head coach uh, was out so i was the head coach that oh, I, I actually was thinking in of texting you oh my god last night i you came up in my mind because i didn't know what my voice was going to be like after that game last night it was Hit a close, the ball. it was a lot of screaming and yelling and i was like should i text joe and tell him that i may not but as you can see the voice is fine so it turned out
1: is fine, okay. so wait. What are you? What are you screaming at the kids at the umpire? What are you scream? Or you're like, I mean, you have eight year old kids get the ball, it's past you.
0: The yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, it's not yelling. Like you, are not gonna
1: get re-signed if you keep that up.
0: <laughs> it's constructive, though. It's constructive. <laughs> like you have you have young kids
1: who are not paying attention when the right. balls being hit to them. You got they. they I don't I think I baseball have, is a tough game for any kid before they get to age ten to truly grasp. Of it. course, and and you know what? A lot of the
0: kids drop off at that. I mean, even my son may drop off at that point. I don't know. And when the kids are hitting, there's no screaming at all. It's like I I don't say a word. Like the these kids. Uh, especially on our team, they're they're pretty good hitters. But on top of that, they all have their way of hitting, and they've been molded by their family or coaches or whoever. I don't get involved in that. But when it comes to the fielding, that's the hard part about it. Because when you play against a good hitting team in little league, if you're not fielding, you're getting crushed. And we've had that's happened to us a couple of games. So yesterday, yeah, fortunately, we were okay.
1: Organized sports before the age of ten, I don't buy too much into because i feel like if anything you're you are basically ruining some of the experience for the kids. like you want to go out there and play catch you play catch every day. you want to go out there and go to the batting cage or hit with them and stuff like that. that's fun. they start to enjoy the game. but you really can't grasp especially the nuances of baseball. baseball's a lot of complicated things going. On. there is <laughs> there time. is when you throw and, the ball and, in a second and for my son panels, you know. and, and, and for my son who
0: is this is, okay, so the league that we're playing in is eight years old and under. It's called 8U. And uh, my son amongst the the whole league probably, but among the, the 10 kids who are on our team, he's like the second or third youngest. And last year was his first year in playing at any kind of organized. So you, So you obviously can imagine there are 10 kids on the team and several of them are in their last year playing in 8U and are also way more advanced. So for me, this is more of a learning the game more and character building type deal. But again, I'm still trying to help the other kids out on the team. And and we've now lost, I believe, three games in a row. So you can imagine how this is going on the side of the parents now, Joe, like they're getting upset and well, we're losing sure the and press we're not winning afterwards was tough. You should have seen the press conference over the weekend. I didn't have to hold that one. I, uh, the the head coach had to hold that one. I I did step up and say
1: something. This means, oh no, that doesn't mean you have no idea. Well, I do. (laughs) I have every idea. I worked at Little League. I worked for Little League Baseball directly. Okay. I worked at Williamsport. I played ball up there. I know better than anybody the difference of these things. And when it's golden is when the parents are not there. When the parents used to drop off their kids, when I was one of those kids and then later a coach at Williamsport, I could tell you. It was beautiful. All the kids, they earned their spots, they hustled, they played, they had fun, we had fun. It was great. Everybody rotated every position. So you learned the game of baseball and we were about teaching everybody the game of baseball wins and losses in Little League at eight years old mean nothing. Now, when you get to the 10, 11, 12 and you're competing in all stars, please
0: speak that's to that's these, these families. I'll, I'll be happy
1: to speak to them. You fly down you know, here to Hollywood. You know what Florida this, is? Speak to them? this is a bunch of loser. P- here you go. Ready? Now you fired me up. Now you let the dragon out of the cage. I, I, I don't want to say
0: that. Right? Hold on, Joe, though. I don't want to yeah. say that this universally speaks to every single one of the parents. That's not true. No,
1: it doesn't not i'm sure it does not speak to everything not player. on our and team nobody either. likes to lose okay no, nobody's no. more competitive than no me. we've lost three in a row now okay here's the thing all this is a bunch of loser parents who weren't necessarily good enough at the sport or they had dreams and aspirations didn't work hard enough that's weren't accurate talented enough whatever it was, mm-hmm. did accurate. not get there. And guess what? I was one of those people and I, I did not get to live out my dream of playing professional baseball. I had some nice invitations to some Division two schools and I decided, you know what? This isn't my future to play baseball. I took my acting scholarship instead and I went there and I was there for four years and now I get to talk about baseball. So life is good for me. But all this is, is people trying to somehow live through their children and it is sad. Teach And no, the worst part is they genuinely love this game. And they are ruining their kids' enjoyment of the game by these stupid expectations they put on them. Teach them to love the game. And then maybe you'll have a kid to go to the baseball game with or take you when you're an old fart when you're in your 60s and 70s. And then you're like, oh, hey, hey, Sonny, you want to take me to the ball game? No, that's all right, Dad. Not a big fan of baseball because I remember when I was eight years old, I lost those three in a row telling yeah, you right now you yeah no a that is generation that, of kids for baseball
0: yeah and and look when when we did and I, i'm with the same coaches as i was last year because i thought he did such a he was very good i, I thought um forget it, the, the coaching part of it he was good managing like i just i like the his demeanor the way that he went about it so he asked me to to coach with him this year and so i did and again um this year uh, you know the parents are more they want us to practice like we there's two games each week and then usually what we do Joe is not to get too detailed into this but we ask that ever all the kids get there an hour before so 30 minutes of on the field and 30 minutes of taking BP you know before we start and so mm-hmm. none of them show up and they complain that we're not practicing enough and then that was the what this past Saturday's discussion was about which was me and the coach said we are not holding extra practices for your kids when you do not show up for the game. Like, are you insane? Right. If
1: you're not going to show up for pregame warmups,
0: <laughs> they didn't. They, they don't show up, so we're not. And, we're not and having practice. it's
1: Hard, and it's hard because everyone's got their kids in a million things. Of I course. see this in dance. I'm sitting there. And I'm sitting there on Monday night, and I you can listen to the the other the mothers who are out there sitting there on the dance complaining about how miserable their lives are and how they have no time for anything. And I want to turn to them and say, "It's your fault." Chances are your kid's not going to be a professional dancer. But that's the other problem, Joe. That
0: is, right there is the big thing is I feel, Joe, that there are a number of kids in this little league and, and around. Now, you and I have this perspective. Look, I'm a major league baseball reporter and right. host, and whatever. I don't have any delusions that my son's going to be a major league baseball player. No. I think these all these parents. I was are a professional
1: actor for the better part of two decades. I know what talent is when I see it in acting or dancing or whatever. It's, I went to conservatory art school. I have no illusions that my kids are going to be professional dancers. I can't. Do you like to dance? Good. Enjoy dancing. No, you right, can't. Be right. I think these dance dance. parents, a lot I of them like think their kids are, like. are going
0: to be major league baseball players. They don't understand that it's never going to happen. Understand. Like, and do. I think that's part of
1: this thing. And so. you know what the ones that are are the ones who are showing up to practice.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't I don't, I don't know that I've seen a kid in this league that I think even has a chance. And I think I'm a pretty good eye when it may be one or two kids.
1: I but, played but, with guys who got drafted and were I know how good I was and I know how good they were. And they were far better than me. Yeah, and, they got drafted, and they still didn't make the no, major of course not. So a couple of so a couple of games ago
0: and we're getting drilled, you know, and one of the parents comes over to the head coach. I've never seen this is the first time I've seen this. And and was was bitching at him during the game for his kid being a catcher. Why is he playing catcher? And the coach was like, excuse me, like I'm going to put the guys, the kids wherever I want to put them. And then the 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 parent was barking back like, well, then I'm going to pull them. I'm going like, to it was just insane. Yeah, You know nasty. what you
1: say when you're coach? OK, go for it. Pull them. I dare you, because that's the kind of parent when you call their bluff. Good. You would think Jimmy's that good? Well, guess what? You know, how good is Jimmy going to be? He's not playing. And you take away that negativity, you anything before 10, before 10. And even that is eight years old. Most of the kids are seven on this team. Right. Exactly. I, I have a seven year old. And honestly, my daughter is a seven year old. Now, I do know what athletes look like. She's an athlete. She's a freakishly good athlete. Anything you show her and she listens. she That's the other thing, too. Like, Just because a kid's really athletic doesn't mean they listen to instruction. Where my older daughter, not an athlete. I'm going to put it kindly. Love her to pieces. She's the best. Not an athlete, right? So anything I try to teach her, she also will ignore, which makes it 10 times harder. But the little one, complete athlete. And she's a bit of an animal. She's a bit of a like she's super competitive and tough and refuses to lose. And here's the thing. I know right now when I send her to basketball in a couple weeks to play basketball, they don't play games. They teach them the game. They're doing just fundamentals, running drills, doing things. And then they play a scrimmage the second half of basketball, the second hour or whatever it is, the last half hour, the last like four weeks they play scrimmage. And they go back and forth and they start to teach them the game because what are you teaching them at seven years old? They're nothing, especially baseball. It's so difficult. Yeah, I
0: was that. warned going into the year that it was going to be like this. And it really um, I'm
1: hoping that as our generation out, takes over, way. we're less like this because I don't think so. Respect. I think it's the
0: opposite because of the I feel money is like worse. Yeah, and a lot of these kids are are tr- on travel. And you know teams what is it is, too?
1: That's exactly it, too. And all the parents, I feel like it's a competition among the parents. Like, well, how much how much is your as par- your child excelling at this? Or, like, I'm posting it at Facebook. Look, we won the dance championships. Great. You're having a competition for art. Congratulations. That's what art is about. Making great art and creativity is definitely about competing and winning trophies. Way to go. All uh, right drives me nuts
0: and 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 the and the reality as we close this out i know this has been an off topic discussion is that for me and anybody who's known me doing shows whatever like i'm always at the post as a pro with whatever i do and if somebody says hey we need to practice more at anything in life i'm always open to suggestion on anything in professionally or personally that i ever do but again it is amazing to me that the games start when they do and no one is there up until 15 minutes before. And then they want to hold an extra practice. And uh, and, and it's like, and that's, this, know, this is the be conversation. Be. It's like a mind-boggling conversation. I know, I know like, we're up you against You can't it. even
1: come to the game. man.
0: you oh, want me you to
2: devote to two, two hours more hours to a one
1: And then they'll bitch about, well, I can't because I got my other kids doing this. My other kids, doing I, this, I, I just won't have baseball. it, man. I just You're won't have it. Them, and they're rooting them physically, especially when they do one sport. One sport's ruining these kids physically. Yeah, I see but that, that's a whole nother thing, though. It is a whole other show. And we should have um uh Tommy John on because Tommy John is is doing this and I had him on my pod. He's amazing. But you know, one more thing to just kind of put a button on this real quick because I know we're up against it. I I just want everybody out there to realize like you are if you truly love these sports or love these arts or whatever it is you're having your kid to. Make sure you're fostering their love of this because I'm telling you right now, you're going to burn them out. And then the thing that you love that you want to share with them is going to become a point of contention as they get older.
0: All right. On that note, we're sorry for the last 13 minutes. But no, it is, we're not. We saved is, a lot of it live It is time. Tuesday. It is Tuesday. <laughs> um, what we'll do is we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. We'll get back to the fantasy discussion. Um, And we'll close it out with a little baseball here on Exit Velocity. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you. And we'll be back to wrap it all up after this.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia.
0: As we close out this edition of Fantasy Sports Today, this could be the final time that we do an exit velocity since the month of June since I started this show that we end with a baseball discussion. So let's do it with a little exit velocity.
2: I feel the need to... It Velocity. Nice Velocity.
0: Alright, we end the show with Game 6 of the World Series tonight. And if all eyes are on one player and one narrative and one story, it has got to be on the side of the Washington Nationals and their pitcher tonight, Steven Strasburg, who, of course, historically, if you go back about a decade... Everyone points to the story where Strasburg, not available for the postseason. He's had his history issues. He's had his injuries. But he has been a dominant force all season long on the side of the Nationals and has come through in every single spot. Is this the game tonight where Strasburg's contract, all of the discussion and everything that's been put around him, comes to the post and delivers in a way that we've expected him to? since he's joined Major League Baseball about a decade ago. That will be the story I think that is the most intriguing tonight because if he comes through in a big way, it was all worth it. All the sitting, all the not playing, all the Boris discussion. Strasburg, it is on him front and center. And by the way, what happens tonight if he doesn't come through? I think a different discussion will certainly will be had as well. It is Houston and Washington game six of the World Series tonight. I think it's compelling and interesting based on the way that this series has come out. And I'll be checking it out tonight around 8.30 Eastern Time. Thanks again to Sean Guastamacchia for producing this show. For my co-host, Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is next. Joe and I will talk to you Wednesday at noon. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.